Welcome to the brand new Patriots and Pinstripes podcast, the official podcast of the New York Yankees AA affiliate Somerset Patriots. And the Patriots have won it! Somerset! My name is Mark Schwartz. On this show, I'll cover all things Somerset Patriots and New York Yankees, from the organizational structure all the way down to the prospects, the AA Northeast League, and everything in between. A pleasant hello and welcome to another episode of the Patriots in Pinstripes podcast. My name is Mark Schwartz, and as always, thank you so much for tuning in. Big time episode this week, my friends. I promised last week that we were going to eventually get into what this new Somerset Patriots team will look like, and we are now starting to get a clearer idea of exactly that. About two weeks ago, the first official New York Yankees prospect was assigned to the Patriots. And that was hard-throwing right-handed pitcher Luis Heal. So there is plenty to discuss there, and we will get to that in this week's episode. Plus, we now have a coaching staff in Somerset. And coming up a bit later in the show, we will have the exclusive first interview with the new manager of the Somerset Patriots and only the third manager in the team's history, uh, and that is Julio Mascara. Julio was awesome during the interview, so you're definitely going to want to stick around for that conversation. Uh, I really think that Julio is going to shine in Somerset uh, once the season gets going and once our fans get an opportunity to learn a little bit more about him. Uh, we'll also take some time at the end of this pod to outline the rest of Mascara's coaching staff for the 2021 season. Now, there's a lot to get to this week, so let's start it up with a deeper look at the only player we know about so far on the team, and that is Luis Heal. Who wants to play baseball? Let's go! Yes, sir! Woo! So on March 12th, the New York Yankees officially assigned their first 2021 player to the AA level, and it couldn't have been a more exciting addition for the Somerset roster. Uh, no, it was not the Martian Jason Dominguez. We'll, we'll get to that in future episodes. Uh, but it was right-handed flamethrower Luis Heal. Now, the Dominican Republic countryman enters the 2021 season as the number four-ranked prospect in the Yankees organization by Baseball America and the number five-ranked prospect by MLB Pipeline. Baseball America even has Heal listed as owning the organization's best fastball under their best tools section of their prospect rankings. So there's a pretty clear consensus here uh, that there is a lot of hype surrounding Heal. The 22-year-old originally landed with the Minnesota Twins for $90,000 as an international signing all the way back in 2014, but was traded to the Yankees for outfielder Jake Cave. Uh, prior to the 2018 season. He really started making a name for himself shortly after that trade, and in 2018, as a 20-year-old for rookie-level Pulaski, Heal posted a 1.37 earned run average across 10 starts, striking out 58 batters over just 39 and one-third innings of work. Uh, that right there marked a career best in K per nine at 13.3. Very, very strong numbers, of course. And then Heal dominated the single-A level in 2019 with the Charleston River Dogs, who were at the time actually managed by the new manager for the Patriots, Julio Mascara. So Mascara certainly knows a lot about Heal. Uh, and Heal, a flamethrower, as he's been described, uh, he made 17 starts with the River Dogs in 2019, 
He posted a 2.39 earned run average and 112 strikeouts across 83 innings of work. He finished that season making three starts for high A Tampa, where he struggled a little bit more. Uh, But the main storyline, really, from his last two full seasons in the minor leagues, fastballs in the upper 90s, sometimes touching triple digits on the radar gun, and high strikeout numbers. I mean, he punched out 191 batters over 129 innings of work between the 2018 and 2019 season. So a lot to get excited about there. Now, Heal spent the 2020 season at the alternate training site for the Yankees over in Scranton, uh, which is very exciting specifically for his development. He got an opportunity to work with top coaches uh, with the Yankees over in Scranton at the alternate training site. Uh, He got to throw against the highest level of talent so far in his professional career, uh, which should certainly help prepare him to pitch at the double-A level this season. I mean, you can make an argument that some of the talent that he pitched against last year at the alternate training site is going to be a higher level of talent than what he's going to face at the double-A level in the double-A Northeast League this year. So uh, certainly promising to see that work at the ATS hopefully translate into success in the double-A Northeast League this season. On Heal's development to this point, Baseball America noted, quote, Heal is a power-armed right-hander with an upper 90s fastball. The Yankees worked with him at the alternate site to give the pitch riding life at the top of the zone while weeding out the version that bleeds into two-seam territory, helping it move towards its plus-plus potential. Heal's slider is a new addition to his arsenal, replacing his curveball, and ranges from 82 to 88 miles per hour while showing average promise with more development. The Yankees like the movement and shape of Heel's low 90s changeup, but would like to see him execute the pitch a little bit more consistently. And then once again on Heel, MLB Pipeline added, quote, Heel generates premium velocity with relatively little effort, but has difficulty harnessing his stuff. He reduced his walk rate to a career-best 4.2 per nine innings in low Class A in 2019, but will have to throw more strikes and continue to refine his secondary pitches in order to make it as a starter. His live arm potentially could make him a closer if he winds up in the bullpen. Now, certainly promising praise from both Baseball America and MLB Pipeline. Uh, Heel will work, at least from what I've been able to gather, Heel will work as a starting pitcher in Somerset in 2021 and likely be positioned, honestly, at the top of the rotation to begin the season. The rumor in Yankee circles has been to expect a lot of quality arms to uh, fill out the rest of the Patriots rotation and bullpen this year. That's sort of the sense that we've gotten is that it's going to be a very strong pitching staff in Somerset, which is honestly something that uh, Patriots fans from the Atlantic League years Uh, have certainly grown accustomed to. That's always been a trademark of a Somerset Patriots team uh, to have a very strong pitching staff, of course, with teams managed by uh, the likes of Sparky Lyle and Brett Jody. So we should see a continuation of that here in central New Jersey this upcoming season. But as of now, the only other top organizational pitchers uh, that we know of Uh, that we know where they're heading that have already been assigned uh, are a couple of top 10 prospects in Luis Medina and Alexander Vizcaino, uh, both of whom will be starting the year with high A Hudson Valley. And then there's another consensus top 10 prospect in uh, Yoendris Gomez, who will begin his season uh, with low A Tampa. 
all three of those guys were, were possibilities in Somerset. Uh, now, now, there's a chance that some of those players make their way to Somerset this season, uh, but with COVID protocols still in place, there's also a feeling that roster moves between minor league affiliates and minor league levels uh, will be far more limited this year than in previous years. Uh, basically, the thought process there is that the best way to keep everyone safe is to limit the variables and provide consistent living and playing situations for as many players as possible throughout the season. Uh, so Heal will lead the rotation in Somerset. After that, it's hard to say who else fills out the rotation just yet. A lot of the strength of the Yankees organization right now sits with high upside guys that are still pretty young and in the early stages of their minor league career. You have guys like Medina, Vizcaino, and Gomez will eventually reach Somerset and be names to watch, and it could happen this year, but most likely, you know, maybe not for this year. And, and from a position player standpoint, you know, maybe somebody like Josh Bro behind the plate uh, or Ezekiel Duran uh, at second base can get assigned to Somerset this year, uh, but there will likely be bigger prospect names in the years to come. I thought there might be a chance that Estevan Florial uh, would start in Somerset this year, uh, considering that he had made it up to Tampa in 2019. But he did make his Major League debut last year, and he will begin the 2021 season in Scranton. Uh, but Tampa and Hudson Valley specifically, uh, look for them to have real strong teams, real strong rosters this year. And then Somerset, uh, hopefully we'll be able to reap the benefits of that this season. But, you know, certainly if you're looking at the 2022 season, 2023 season, that's where a lot of the strength of this Yankees organization is really going to uh, arrive in Somerset and, and really put on a show uh, for fans here in central New Jersey. The good news regarding Somerset's roster, for those of you who are interested in seeing who is on the roster, uh, is that Major League Camp, Major League Spring Training, is about to break within the next week or so. I mean, with opening day set for April 1st at the major league level. So once the major leaguers and likely AAA guys clear out of Tampa over this next week, we will begin to get a much clearer picture of who will likely be playing in central New Jersey in 2021. And after this upcoming break here on the pod, uh, the guy that will manage those players in central New Jersey, former big leaguer Julio Mascara, he will join this week's episode for his first exclusive interview as the new Somerset Patriots manager. The Patriots and Pinstripes podcast is brought to you by TD Bank. TD Bank is changing the game with curbside debit card replacement. Whether your debit card was lost in the couch or chewed up by your dog, we've got you covered. Just order a new debit card through the TD Bank app. Then you can walk, bike, or drive up to your nearby TD Bank to score your new card. Now that's the MVP treatment. TD Bank, proud sponsor of the Somerset Patriots. Member FDIC, TD Bank, NA. Curbside pickup is only available for personal debit card replacements. And welcome back to the Patriots in Pinstripes podcast. A very, very special guest today. My name is Mark Schwartz, and now I have the pleasure of being joined alongside the third manager in the work. history of the Somerset Patriots. It is Julio Mascara, who is joining us here today on the pod. Julio, it is so nice to have you. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. I'm doing yeah. great. 
it, it's, it's our pleasure. We're so excited to have you officially as the third manager in the history of the Somerset Patriots. Uh, I want to get into a little bit about your history, uh, but before we do, uh, you're down in Tampa, Florida right now. How is everything going down there in Tampa? Everything was going well. You know, spring training is going really good. Guys are getting ready for the season, and, you know, we're excited, the team we have right now. And, you know, I get to see some of our young players play, too, in spring training games, and it's very exciting what we're seeing. So a lot of our fans are not too used quite yet to what the affiliated process is like and what spring training is like specifically for players that are going to be at the single-A, double-A level. You know, this is new for a lot of us over here. Uh, can you talk a little bit about what the process is like for you as a double-A manager uh, working with some players down there, maybe some insight on like what kind of players that you're working with directly and, and how much information you get on who's likely going to be on your roster and, and maybe when that comes together? I mean, this year has been a little bit different. I mean, we have a lot of players. I mean, actually, I've been working a lot with a big league team and some of our younger guys will come over and spend some time in the games and do some practice with them. And so I get to see them during during games and you know it's, it's been fun i mean first first and foremost the preparation that we have to do to get these players ready to start a season in in past years usually we have minor league spin training at the same time as big league spin training and we get to see the players a lot more and we probably have a little bit more idea but right now it's only certain players that are here in camp and you know we, we will get a whole bunch of players in the next couple in the next week or so and that's when our spin training starts in the minor leagues, and we'll, we'll get to see a lot of our youngest players that we're going to have. We really haven't talked too much about who's going to be in which team yet because still going trying to go to protocols and have everything and try to have some players. But what I can tell you this, I mean, some of the guys that we, we have in the organizations are pretty pretty good players, and we have really good pitching staff, and I got a lot of great hitters and, and guys that are hungry to play. So some of these young players that are come to the spin training games, they have looked really, really good. So some of them are really young. Some of them have been around here for a couple of years, but it's exciting to what we see. But you, you mentioned before that in previous years, the guys that are going to be in the minor leagues oftentimes have an opportunity to jump up and play with some of the big league guys. Do you think that's going to have any effect on, on the guys that are playing in the minors this year to, to not have that same kind of experience that they used to? For some, I mean, it might have a little bit of an effect because they haven't played for a long time, you know, but, I mean, they've been off baseball for a lot. Of Some of them have been, you know, doing live game, live VP, and live batting practice, and some guys been throwing. But it's, it's a little different in the past. We used to have a whole spring training here, so we rotated a lot of guys so they can see some experience. And it's good for them because a lot of them, they take advantage of it. They've been asking a lot of the players, you know, the Darren Judges and Brett Garners and those guys like that. And they're asking questions, and that helps them develop a lot faster. So they might be a little bit behind the ball when it's the spin training start. But, you know, we'll have a little bit of time down here to get them ready and ready for the CISO starts. Uh, you mentioned that they haven't played in a while. Uh, for somebody like yourself, uh, because of the nature of the pandemic and how everything's worked, you haven't gotten a chance to coach in a while. I would imagine it must feel nice to be back down in Tampa and have things feeling somewhat normal. Uh, I'm curious what the last cup, what the last really year was like for you to, you know, you were ready to manage at the double A level last year. And then unfortunately there wasn't a season and now we're gearing up for another season, but you're with a quote unquote, a new team. <laughs> uh, so so <laughs> what's it been like for you over the past 12 months? It's been, it's been, 
it, it was a little different when we canceled spring training due to the pandemic. You know, we were at home for probably a month and a half or so, almost two months. And, you know, I was fortunate to, to, to actually spend last year, I spent the whole year last year with the big league team. So I was in, I was with, with the Yankees in, in New York and it was, it was a great experience because I got to, to get to know a lot of the players, which I knew from before. And I spent more time with them, hang out with, you know, with all the big league staff and, pick their brains a little bit and so it kind of helped me and myself get my, my mind fresh so I, I didn't have to have sit out sit out of baseball for a long time so that helped me out but in regards to other people and it's, it's been tough because I spoke to a lot of our coaches that you know they're at home and doing different things and trying to keep their mind ready for their game so it's, it's tough but it, in my situation it was a little easier because I got to spend the last year in the big league club. I imagine that there's a lot of coaches that are down there with you right now, including the rest of the coaching staff that you're going to have here in Double A, that are probably loving just being around baseball. How does it feel to be in the warm weather again, and and to know that you know, in in what is it, a week, a little over a week, you're going to start to get more of your guys in there. Let me tell you, I mean, it's exciting because when 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 you start smelling the grass and you know, hanging out with the guys in the field and stuff like that, it's something that that. That's what we know what to do. We live for this. And it's something that excites us. And we're going to go out there and just, you know, with the excitement that we have, it's like a little kid in the candy store when we showed up to the ballparks. You know, it's like, hey, this is what we want, been waiting for. And the, and the excitement not only from us. I mean, all the, all the, all this, the whole organization is excited about it. So let, let's take a couple of steps back. I want to sort of go through a little bit of your playing career and then your coaching career. Uh, so some of our fans get a little bit more of an idea of what you're bringing to the table as the new manager for the Patriots. Uh, a 15-year playing career, three different stints in the major leagues, uh, and one specific stint that I do want to focus on for a moment. Uh, in 2004, you actually did play in the Atlantic League. You spent some games uh, with the Newark Bears. So I'm, I'm curious if you could go all the way back to 2004 for a second. I know that's, what is that, like 17 <laughs> years ago. It's a long time. But if you could go back to Newark just for a second, what is it that you might remember from your time in the Atlantic League? And do you remember anything specifically about the Somerset Patriots uh, during that time back in 2004? I mean, I was, I was in a short period of time in the league. I was probably there for like a month, month and a couple of weeks, maybe a month and a week or so. And, you know, I think we went, we went there once. And I, I pretty much believe I think we played one game there or so. So pretty much don't really remember too much about it, to be honest. I've seen the ballpark many times when I'm driving by, and I always, you know, point out that I say I played on that stadium. I played on that stadium. <laughs> so it was, it was fun. I do remember it was a lot of fans in the stands all the time. So even back then, it was, it was kind of exciting when you show up at the ballpark and you see fans in there. So it's a good – I do remember it's a great playing facility. I like the stadium. It was set up. It was nice. So, you know, unfortunately, I get to see the home side. I got to see the visitor side. So sometimes that's a little different. But what I remember was it was a good playing atmosphere. In, in the last couple of weeks and really in the last couple of months, since a lot of this minor league baseball restructuring has happened, uh, has there been anything relayed to you specifically about Somerset and, and what you can expect coming into this new ballpark? No, no, really. I mean, I spoke to some of the front office and, you know, they gave me an idea. You know, it's a great, great, how to say, family-oriented team. And, you know, they're, they're, 
that really work together. They're really dedicated to the baseball, to the baseball family. And, you know, and one thing that they told me was, you know, that this franchise is very proud of what they do and trying to keep their employers together and the way that they, 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 they communicate with the fans and make it fan friendly and family friendly. And I think that was something that excited me when I heard that because when you go to a baseball baseball stadium and you know your front office and the people that work in the stadium do everybody with that type of you know energy and emotions to try to keep everybody happy that gets me excited because I'm I'm pretty me I'm pretty you know person friendly myself too so I, I like to spend a lot of time talking to the front office and talking to the fans and dedicating as much as I can to the fans so that's something that that I look forward to and kind of excitement. I want to go through uh, some of the rest of your career. Again, a 15-year playing career, uh, two stints with the Toronto Blue Jays at the major league level in 96 and 97, uh, and a stint with the Milwaukee Brewers in 2005. Uh, and now you are entering your 16th season as a coach in the New York Yankees organization, uh, which is tremendous. Uh, you had two years uh, with the uh, Gulf Coast League Yankees in 2015-2016 as a skipper there. Uh, you managed the uh, Staten Island Yankees in 2017 and spent 2018 and 2019 with the Charleston River Dogs, the single-A affiliate at the time of the New York Yankees. And now, of course, the third manager in the history of the Somerset Patriots here at the double-A level in 2021. Uh, so for some of our fans that are going to be watching this product on the field, uh, just just to start, what can fans expect from a Julio Mascara managed team? I mean, they can expect I'm gonna get the best. I'm gonna I'm gonna put my players in the best position to have success, and I'm gonna I'm gonna coach my players inside the field and outside the field. You know, they gotta be professional in every way. And one of the things that you know, I'm gonna always strive to do my best, make it fun for the players and a lot of times I believe that you make it fun for the players you get the most out of them and uh, and you know we're going to strive to be professional we're going to strive to play the game the right way and if we do those things we're going to put a good show for the fans which is one of the biggest things you know I tell my players all the time you know you go out there you do things the right way the fans are going to like it and the more relationship you have with the fans, the more excitement you're going to want to come to the ballpark every single day. When you're going out there and do things the right way, the fans are going to like it. You're going to like it. And we're all going to have fun. And we're going to develop ourselves. And the main goal at the end is to have a good, successful season to give to the fans and the, and the franchise and also develop the players so they can reach their goals to go to the big leagues. I, I want to touch on something that you just brought up there. Uh, I know that you only had a month in the Atlantic League with the Bears, but I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of differences between playing and managing in independent baseball and playing and managing in, you know, affiliated ball, and especially here at the AA level. I know a big focus in affiliated ball, and, you know, this is my first year that I'm going to be with it again, uh, is player development. So I'm curious for you how much of an emphasis goes into the player development side and then how much of an emphasis is it on, you know, winning each game, making the playoffs, winning a championship? How, how do you sort of balance, you know, th those two priorities? I mean, everything will balance itself out. You know, obviously, as, as, a, as a professional organization, I mean, we strive to develop our players, give them the opportunity so they can develop to their fullest. And we also 
praise, praise to him that, you know, we wanted to develop championship caliber players. So we wanted guys to learn how to win in the minor league, learn how to play the game the right way. So when they get to New York, because we haven't won goal in New York, we want to win a ball series in New York. So we want to teach our players to be able to do that. So how do we do that? We, develop, we help them develop, we do a lot of training, but we also teach them how to win ball games, which is the main thing you develop by winning. So if we're gonna try to have a really good team, but we know coming out of the end and winning some ball games, there's still players get, players get a little discouraged with the process. So we're trying to keep them in a positive way and teach them how to do things the right way all the time and help them so they can learn how to win ball games. And, and that's going to, you're going to have that mentality. So when you start going up to New York, you have a, a winning mentality. How much work do you do at this time of the year with the other coaches that you know that you have on staff? Um, we do. So right now, we have we have a lot of Zoom calls right now, which is a modern part of the of life right now. And we do get together at meetings and stuff like that. So we we'll talk about it. But the main the main the main stuff starts when we come to spring training. We start planning and getting together and having more you know meetings together and going over stuff that we need to do, stuff that I like, some of the rules that I like, some of the stuff that they like. And, you know, we compromise in a lot of things, you know. One of the things that I'm, I'm, I can say myself, I'm not a, this is my way or the highway guy. It's, it's one of the things that, you know, I compromise with my coaches. You know, one of the biggest things that I always tell my coaches is you have an opportunity to do your job. You've been hired in this organization to do your job, so I'm going to allow you to do your job. A lot of times, you know, you could have a manager that, you know, I've been around in this game for a long time. You can have a lot of managers that they have to have total control or everything. I, I'm not. I let my I let my people or my coaches have a chance to do their job, and I think that makes it a lot easier for me because, you know, when you're around, it's kind of like you guys run the business over there. You know, you allow guys to do their job and do things like that, so it keeps them happy. I'll do the same thing over here, and that that's – that's the thing that helps us develop the players a lot more because they get more relationship with the players and it makes it a lot easier. Is there a specific manager or maybe a couple of managers that you played under during your playing career that helped sort of give you that mindset or help sort of put together an idea of how you want to be as a manager once you got the opportunity? I, I did. I mean, I played under Cedar Gaston back in the days when I was with Toronto and he was very, very player friendly and family oriented. And he was one of the guys that, you know, I always look up to him when I was coming up in the minor league, especially back in those years that Toronto was doing a pretty good when they World Series back to back. And, you know, I had to do tell you how to how I, one person that I really, really have to use uh, my mentor, Tony Franklin, he was the manager for the Trenton Thunders for many years and won many championships. And, you know, he's been one of my mentors and the coaches that he's retired right now. But until this day, I always call him, skip, I need a couple answers, I need a couple questions to him. And he always answers, he's never turns his back on me. And somebody that I spent a lot of time together, a lot of time picking up his brain. And, you know, he gives me a lot of ideas and he helps me. He also challenged me a lot questions and I got even answers right away. He goes, it's kind of like in the game, things are going to happen fast. So I need an answer right now. And it's something that had taught me a lot. It, it had taught me about slowing the game down a little bit for me. And that's one of the biggest things because, you know, you get guys like 
like Aaron Boone. He's he's so mellow. He's you know he's the type of guy that he's very friendly. He's you know he respects a lot of people, treats everybody with respect, and it's something that helps him with himself to slow the game down. You know, I'd ask him a lot of questions last year and all the times, and you know how do you slow the game down? And it's something that you know when you prepare yourself, when you have a lot of information, it's gonna slow the game down. When you don't prepare yourself, when you wanna micromanage it's gonna have too much to new plate so it's something that you have to give up to receive well you, you mentioned the word prepare I, i'm curious um do you lean on um analytics at all or, or how much do you lean on, on sort of the analytics side of the game versus the more natural you know see the ball and just go with with your feeling uh part of the game where, where do you sort of fall into that debate we use both, you know, and I, I mean, I, I really lean on analytics a lot because there's a lot of information that help us and it's a lot of information that's provided to us that, you know, it help us facilitate what we're going to do during the game. Plus, in my baseball experience, too, it helps me a lot. So I get the I get the baseball side and I get the analytics side and try to put them together. Also, that helps me learn who the players are. What can I use with these players? What can I use with a certain other players and you know it helps you if you know all your information about each player with the analytics for the stuff that i know that those players can do it's going to help us develop those guys a little bit better and it makes it easy for me too because if i have the information it's going to make it easy for me and for our coaches to work with our players it's been a, quite a year with the pandemic and the loss of minor league baseball unfortunately last year and, and we're back this year but there's still going to be um, you know, a lot of guidelines that are put in place. So uh, what kind of uh, preparations have you made uh, in regards to how you're going to, you know, work through this season with health and safety protocols? First and foremost, you know, I have to wait for the guideline that they're going to get that Maryland Bayfield is going to give us for the season. And, you know, as, when the organization handles that, then we can start, you know, getting ready for that. Um, but one of the biggest things that I had into my advantage was that I, I, I spent last year with a New York team. So I saw all the protocols. I went through all that stuff myself. I saw how it was handled from the front office and coaching staff and the players. So that gives me a lot of, you know, a, a lot of ideas and it kind of prepared me for what I'm going to go through this year. So I think that was a, a valuable lesson for me because I know it's going to be tough for a lot of people. It's going to be tough for a lot of players. But I have that experience already that I went through it. So I think it's going to be easy for me to facilitate to my coaching staff, to my players, and all the people that will be around helping. Hey, listen, this is what was done last year. But it's how they go through this. You're talking about superstars in the big league and those guys were making a lot of sacrifices we have to make those sacrifices ourselves you know a lot of things you know because you think you know i'm a baseball player or i'm a baseball coach or i'm in a baseball franchise you know you you can do different things no we all have to stay together it's been a tough time for the whole world with this and you know as long as we respect the the guidelines that we have we follow the guidelines and we do things the right way, I think we can protect ourselves. Because I saw that last year in the big league team, a lot of teams pay attention, respect the guidelines that they were given, follow all the protocols, and they had a successful season. So we can do the same thing. I know we have a lot of younger players that we have to coach and stuff like that. So you know what? That's part of the challenge. That's what I like about this game. I love it because, you know, I like challenges. 
And it's one of the challenges that we have is trying to coach the players, not only on the field, but outside the field, you know, and it's something that we can, I can help out. I think I'm, I'm prepared for that. And I think I can help in and, and see if we can make the best out of it. So we're, we're having this conversation right now on Tuesday, March 23rd. And as of today, there's only one player that we do know that has been optioned specifically to the AA level. Uh, and it's a guy that a lot of people around this area are really excited about. Uh, he was ranked as the number four prospect by Baseball America. His name's Luis Heal, uh, big-time right-handed thrower. Uh, you mentioned early on um, that the pitching staff is going to be certainly uh, a strength of this team, and we don't know exactly who's going to be here just yet. That's still there's a lot to work out. But but what can you say about Luis, and and what can you say that fans here can expect out of seeing him on the mound? I had an opportunity. I had a unique opportunity to coach him in 2019. He was from in Charleston, and it's very impressive. His fastball gets up to 101 miles per hour. He's got a tremendous arm. God bless him. I mean, his 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 ability to be in the mound and and do things the right away is 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 exciting. You know, it's what's more exciting for the fans, and not only the fans, also the coaches, when you see a guy getting on the mound and, you know, throwing 100, 101 miles per hour, that's something that's going to excite you. And I think he still has some development to do, but he's moving in the right direction. His future is bright, and fans, I'm going to tell you, you're going to enjoy seeing this guy in the mound because he's, he's aggressive when he's in the mound. He likes to compete, and he's a tremendous, tremendous young kid. Uh, we are, I believe it's now about six, six and a half weeks away from uh, opening day here in Somerset. Uh, last one for you, and then I'll let you go after this. Uh, any message that you want to send out to our fans as they get ready to welcome you in here to the Somerset community this year? Well, I, like I said before, I'm very, very excited to be the third man out here at this organization. It's something that I was very, very, very proud, and uh, it makes me really happy because – you know, I know the fan base over there, and I heard a lot of things about the fan base, and it's they're, they're so loyal, and it's something that I'll, I'll, I'll promise to them. I'm loyal to them, too. I'm always going to do the things the right way. I want to try to do the things the best I can with my best so I can get them something to share for. You know, I mean, we're going to have some up and down sometimes when the season like it goes, but... You know, I'm always going to try to have a smile on my face with them and, you know, give them the respect that they need it, make sure our players are going to be part of the things that we can do, depending on the protocol stuff that we have. I'm going to make sure our fans can relate to our coaches, can relate to our players and have fun with them and get to know them. Because this is this is the future that they're going to be in the New York, in the, in the New York Yankees. So it's, it's, it's going to be exciting. For me, it's going to be excited for the fan, and I'm going to give you guys the best we can. And, you know, hopefully at the end of the season we'll be at the top, but it's something that we can celebrate all of us and cheer for. What's, what's, what's nothing better to have our first-year professional team in there and come on top. So it's something that, I, that I'm really looking forward to, and hopefully everything's going right during the season and we can be celebrated at the end of the year. I am smiling right now ear to ear as you say all of that stuff. I can't wait for this season to get started. It's going to be a lot of fun. Julio, I know you're a very busy man down there in Tampa. you got a lot going on. I always so appreciate you taking some time today. Thank you so much, and we'll see you up here in Somerset in a couple of weeks. All right. Thank you for having me, and we'll see you. Hopefully the time goes fast so we can get to meet each other over there and 
and enjoy the season. The Patriots and Pinstripes podcast is brought to you by TD Bank. TD Bank is changing the game with curbside debit card replacement. Whether your debit card was lost in the couch or chewed up by your dog, we've got you covered. Just order a new debit card through the TD Bank app. Then you can walk, bike, or drive up to your nearby TD Bank to score your new card. Now that's the MVP treatment. TD Bank, proud sponsor of the Somerset Patriots. Member FDIC, TD Bank, N.A. Curbside pickup is only available for personal debit card replacements. And welcome back to the Patriots in Pinstripes podcast. A big thank you to Julio Mascara for taking some time to join this week's episode. I now want to take a couple of minutes to look over the rest of the Somerset Patriots coaching staff for the 2021 season. And that begins with a somewhat familiar face actually two Atlantic League fans. The new Patriots pitching coach will be former major leaguer and former Lancaster barnstormer Daniel Moskis. Uh, He's now entering his second season as a coach in the Yankees organization, but he comes with plenty of playing experience. Uh, He was originally selected by the Pittsburgh Pirates as the fourth overall selection in the 2007 draft and made 31 relief appearances for the Bucs in 2011. Uh, But later in his career, He pitched in parts of two seasons for the Lancaster Barnstormers, both in 2015 and in 2017, including a number of appearances against the Somerset Patriots. In fact, the last time he was at TD Bank Ballpark was as a reliever for Lancaster, and you could go back to August 30th, 2017, when he earned a win after tossing one and one-third scoreless innings of relief. So a somewhat familiar name, Uh, For a lot of Patriots fans, for a lot of Atlantic League fans, so it'll be nice to see him uh, join the red, white, and blue and be on the good guys' side uh, moving forward. And Moskis will be joined on the coaching staff by new hitting coach Joe Migliaccio, uh, who worked as the hitting coach for High A Tampa in 2019. Uh, There, Migliaccio's squad finished second in the Florida State League with 93 home runs. Uh, And he's a local guy. He's a Mount Holly, New Jersey native. Uh, so a Garden State guy, uh, and also Migliaccio had coaching stints in the collegiate ranks uh, at the University of Iowa, most recently also Murray State University, the University of Missouri, Southeast Missouri State, uh, and Siena College where he got started. Uh, this will be his third year as a coach in the Yankees organization. Uh, in, that includes the lost COVID season of 2020, And this will be the highest level that he has coached at in the Yankees organization uh, to this point. Uh, And for the first time in Patriots history, also on the coaching staff, uh, the team will have two defensive coaches, Kawanabo Cosme and Jose Javier. Uh, Cosme will be in his ninth season as a coach in the Yankees organization uh, and was actually the manager of the Dominican Summer League Yankees in both 2018 and 2019, uh, while Javier will be in his fifth season as a coach in the Yankee system after being a defensive coach for single A Charleston in 2017. Uh, he was a defensive coach for high A Tampa in 2018, and he was a lower level base running and outfield coordinator uh, in the Yankees system in 2019. So both coaches bringing a lot of experience in this organization to Somerset, which is great to see because Mascara has 16 seasons as a coach in the Yankees organization. So while this is going to be a new process for the Somerset Patriots front office, 
the coaching staff coming in here is very seasoned, uh, very used to the Yankees organization. So certainly a good blend there for Somerset. Uh, so the Patriots will now have five coaches on hand, plus an athletic trainer, a strength and conditioning coordinator, a new clubhouse manager, and a full video department specifically in place to support the team throughout the season. So a lot going on here. And we'll get more into the specifics with all of these coaches uh, and more on the team in the coming weeks. But as of right now, it is already safe to say uh, that there will be a new level of coaching and attention in Somerset this year. The Patriots and Pinstripes podcast is brought to you by TD Bank. TD Bank is changing the game with curbside debit card replacement. Whether your debit card was lost in the couch or chewed up by your dog, we've got you covered. Just order a new debit card through the TD Bank app. Then you can walk, bike, or drive up to your nearby TD Bank to score your new card. Now that's the MVP treatment. TD Bank, proud sponsor of the Somerset Patriots. Member FDIC, TD Bank, N.A. Curbside pickup is only available for personal debit card replacements. And welcome back to the Patriots and Pinstripes podcast. Again, my name is Mark Schwartz. Uh, That's all we got for this week. We expect a lot of news to continue to break as we are now less than six weeks. My goodness, we are less than six weeks away from the Patriots' first opening day as a New York Yankees affiliate. A lot to do uh, before we get to that point, including Major League Baseball opening day, uh, which is scheduled for next week. But it's all going to be a lot of fun as we find out more information on all aspects of the team, the coaching staff, uh, the league, the season, all of that. We'll find out more information on all of that together. Once again, thank you to Julio Mascara for joining the pod this week. We'll be back with another episode and another special guest and plenty more to discuss next Thursday. Have a pleasant weekend, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Patriots and Pinstripes podcast. Each episode is aired on the Voice of Central Jersey, 1450 WCTC, and WCTCAM.com every Thursday night from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m., with online versions made available on podcast streaming platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. Please consider giving us a five-star rating if you enjoyed the show. The Patriots and Pinstripes podcast is written, hosted, and edited by me, Mark Schwartz. It is produced by Jack Myatt, Ginny Ott, and the entire team at 1450 WCTC.